So legs behind you, the hands on the ground in front of you near your legs. I think, you know, you want to have pretty good core strength if you're doing things like that. But you know, there's lots of things you can try. If you're very talented in the area of giving, then your partner can easily drift off into the ecstasy of receiving and forget what they were doing for you. You've been down there for ages. I'm going to have to send you a snorkel. I'm taking too long, right? (laughs) So you can just pop your thumb there and see what happens. That's wild. It is wild. Welcome, Tanya. Hey, Maya. Who knew that we get to episode number 69? You should be very proud. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of talking about sex. Yes, it really is. Hey, now we've been, I don't want to say badgering. We've been uh, curiously uh, asking and putting the line out for you to share your thoughts, theories, questions, and anything to do with 69. It is episode 69, and that is what we are doing to celebrate this episode. We are commemorating it with a discussion about 69. So, Tanya, before we get into everyone's texts... What is it? What is 69, right? Well, for those who do not know, 69 is a sex position that allows two people to put face to genitals at the same time. For example, they're facing each other, but they're not face to face. They're kind of like top to toe. I'm gesticulating away here on the Zoom, but um, our listeners can't hear that. So, uh, yeah, basically top to toe facing uh, one face, one genitals into, you know, so it's, it gives, it's a position that allows you, uh, both people, to be able to perform oral sex on each other, right? If you're reading the Kama Sutra, it talks about this uh, as a different name. They call it, they say, when a man and a woman lie down in an inverted order, right? So opposite to what you normally think, with the head towards one of the feet of the other, and they carry on mouth congress. It's called Congress of a Crow. Right? So if Whoa. you want to get on you can ask your partner for congress of a crow (laughs) but there are also variations on 69 so that can include mutual analingus or double rimming uh, digital penetration of uh, either partner's anus or vagina so these positions partners are said to experience sexual simulation simultaneously right but for some it can also lead to a bit of a distraction and we're going to get into discussing that a bit more well, I guess there's more ways to do or to pursue the act rather than I initially thought, different positions within that position, Tanya. Yeah. Isn't it so isn't that funny to think about because I'm sure the general thought or perception is a bit of a heteronormative one on top, one on bottom way view of sixty nining, right? Yeah, it's, I think it's really funny because for every position, there are variations. I've got a really great book called Ride'em Cowgirl, which uh, has illustrations of all the positions that you can get into, but then it goes into the variations as well. So it shows you what's good for, for everyone. Um, and so just with all the other positions, 69 has variations as well. I think it's commonly depicted, as you said, as a sort of heteronormative thing where the, the female's on the top and the male's on the bottom. But uh, it doesn't matter who's on the top or who's on the bottom. And again, we're going to discuss a little bit about mechanics because people have um, written in and sort of said, oh, this makes me feel good and this makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. So we'll talk a bit more. But for 69, you can also lay side by side. 
Uh, it doesn't have to be top and bottom. It doesn't Somebody doesn't have to be on top of someone. Side by side, you can still have the same simultaneous action going on. You can even be standing and holding your partner kind of upside down, right? So one person standing, the other one, you know, can have their legs over their partner's shoulders so that they're, they're kind of flipped over and their face um, is in their genitals. Uh, you can, one person can sit with their legs on the ground, sort of like their legs in front of them and their arms behind them to support their weight and their partner can stand behind them but bend over so they're kind of like doing a handstand uh, a sort of handstand with their feet on the ground and their crotch will sort of come they're kind of squatting over their partner's face so legs behind you their hands on the ground in front of you near your legs um, I think you know you want to have pretty good core strength if you're doing things oh, like yeah. that but you know there's lots of things that you can try and if you're in a threesome you can even form a triangle where everybody has their face in someone's Whoa. genital fun for everyone damn well i guess that answers um the question we got on the text line to do with hygiene tips in particular about the thought of someone having a sniffly nose right up um your junk the way yeah. you can i guess maneuver that is by what tanya just said there's different positions and different ways to maneuver the act of the 69 yes and it's interesting because some people really get off on the smell of people's genitals. You know, they like warm, musky smells or they, they don't mind smelling a bit of body odour. And other people are very prissy about that. It's like, get in the shower, get yourself all clean, then we're going to do whatever we like and arrange in between that. So it's a good idea to check. You know, some, some people really love to jump on their lover as they come in from a 10K run and others are like, yeah, I know. So check it out and see, you know, it's like, hey, it's like anything, you know, I'm always saying before you try things, have a chat, you know, like, hey, would you be up for a bit of 69? I've just gone for a run or, you know, how are you for a bit of sweaty fun? <laughs> Whatever, but make sure you do. Or you just say to your partner, so, you know, for me, if I'm going to go down there, I need you to have had a shower or things like that. Just get it into, get, get the conversation into play. There's one thing you got to take away from let's talk about sex. It's communication. Talk, talk, talk. <laughs> Always key. Uh, if you've just tuned in, this is Let's Talk About Sex. We're talking about 69ing and we will be right back after this track to discuss what Tanya thinks makes, what, what makes this position so good, so pleasurable, so enjoyable and more. So stick around. This one right here needs a big language warning. 34 plus 35 by Ariana Grande right here. Techno Queen Unique with Move Your Body following on from 34 plus 35 by Ariana Grande. My name's Maya Billick. I'm joined by Tanya Coons on Let's Talk About Sex and we are going through the act of 69. We discussed what it is, how there's more than just one position actually within the, the way to do a 69. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the verbiage. Um, but Tanya, I want to ask you, what do you think is good about this as a position ah well from speaking to lots of people over many years i think uh what people like about this position it's um it's really good for mutual excitement so both people getting pleasured at the same time but it also can create it's, it's really good when there's a sense of urgency when people are like oh my god oh my god i just can't wait to get into this and into you a lot of the time people will go straight for that that position because it's like everybody's 
getting something, getting off at the same time, right? So the fact that it's give and receive at the same time can work as a turn on, right? And it's, it's pretty good for a quickie as well, right? Because everybody's sort of going at it at the same time. That said, a lot of people can't concentrate on giving and receiving at the same time. So some may stop their what they're doing to their partner to focus on the pleasure that they're receiving, or they might ask their partner to stop so that they can focus on the pleasure. And we'll get into a bit of the mechanics of this because there's some great questions on it. And also you run the risk. If you're very talented in the area of giving, then your partner can easily drift off into the ecstasy of receiving and forget what they were doing for you. So in some cases, it's maybe a little curse for being too good at doing some things. Mm. Don't know. Have to see. Well, that speaks to two questions we had, one from Angela and one from Troy. Um, Angela saying, my question is how to get to a point where you're in the moment and can enjoy it. I find it hard to actually lose my inhibitions because I'm thinking too much about my task. Like yeah. uh, I find my pleasure is definitely back of mind and not in a, if a patriarchy kind of way. It's just very much going on in the background. And Troy echoes, I find when it actually is happening down there, I stop what I'm doing momentarily and wonders about tips for multitasking. Yeah, well, you know that some people are not good at multitasking. Some people are excellent at doing one thing at a time. So you have to think about that a little bit. Otherwise, if you find your, your head sort of wandering around, then you want to bring yourself back by having a conversation in your head about the senses and the sensations that you're actually experiencing. So sight, smell, taste, touch, sound. Like, wow, you know, I really like being this close to my partner's junk or they smell really great or I love that sound they're making while I'm doing this for them, right? It's going to sort of pick you back every time from the wandering brain of like, oh, what shall I do next? Oh, what are they doing for me? Oh, that sort of thing. But I, I also think that so many people, particularly those with vulvas, their minds wander when they are receiving so many. And it takes a little time. Like it's, it can be much faster for those with penises to get off this way. Not always, but, you know, it depends on skills and techniques of the partner. But for those with uh, vulvas, it takes a little while to warm up. And for everybody, for one split second, you need to lose control to have an orgasm. So for those of us with an anxious brain, that might be a bit difficult. Um, if we're, if our minds are wandering a lot. And I I speak to a lot of folks with vulvas around difficulty orgasming. And one of the things we sort of talk about is, you know, when their partner is down giving them pleasure, be it 69 or be it just one-on-one, -on -one, their heads are busy. They're sort of like, oh my God, I don't look good. I don't smell good. I don't taste good. You know, um, you've been down there for ages. I'm going to have to send you a snorkel. I'm taking too long, right? <laughs> and people are having these sorts of thoughts. I'm like, all right, so are those thoughts very sexy? Are they going to help you tip over? And they're like, no, but we have all this pressure. We're kind of putting pressure on folks with vulvas to orgasm in the same time it takes folks with penises too and we you know we're wired differently and the things that we like are different and we're not we, you know, the people are not giving themselves enough time to relax and receive so if you're one of these people that's going to put some pressure on yourself probably 69 might heap some more pressure because now you want to please your partner so you'll be thinking about how to do that and then trying to receive pleasure at the same time for some folks, that's enough to blow a fuse in their brain, you know, and not be able to do either well. That's what I mean. It doesn't suit everybody all the time. Mm. So if you find yourself getting anxious about it, you can say, hey, how about we stop and do one at a time? 
um, you know, and then, you know, have a little think about that. If you're likely to take longer being aroused, suggest that you go first in the being pleasure department and then you can be, you can show your gratitude to your partner afterwards. Mm. Um, right? Very quick shout out to my mum who's just tuned in. Your timing is impeccable. <laughs> Hi, mum. <laughs> Drop us a question on 0409-945-945. If you've just joined, like my own mother, we're talking about the act of 69 here on Let's Talk About Sex. And we've got a, I think, a very important question from Georgia in Penrith who wants to discuss about the idea of bedroom equity, she put it. Do we think this is possibly the most equal opportunity, opportunity um, sex position, Tanya, and in terms of all parties being able to reach orgasm regardless of their genital or gender configuration? Ah, um, thanks for the question, Georgia. I think it's a really interesting concept here about equal opportunity for pleasure. Um, lots of the research that I've read uh, talks about uh, ways for people to orgasm. And uh, we know that in partnered sex, uh, when we get around to intercourse, it takes people with penises about five, five and a half minutes to ejaculate or reach orgasm. Um, and it takes people with vulvas about 17 and a half minutes of stimulation in partnered sex. That's, that's the median, so right in the middle. Some people shorter, but some people a lot longer. That's partnered sex. But we also know that one of the most common ways for people with vulvas to have an orgasm is to receive oral sex. And then when we looked at hookup sex um, statistics, um, it's, it's quite uncommon for women to receive oral sex in that context. So it's really interesting. That's the best way to make your partner come. But a lot of people with penises do not want to do that to people with vulvas. I'm sort of like, why? Why is that? Because they're expecting it to be that way. So in terms of equal opportunity, 69 at least has everybody having a go at it. Um, I'd kind of like to rephrase the question into equal opportunity for pleasure, not orgasm, because you start to put pressure on if you make everything outcome focused, like the sex was not good if I didn't have an orgasm or I'm here to chase that orgasm. So good point. again, yeah, uh, and again, People with vulvas stand a greater chance of having orgasms when they're in when they have sex with the same person more than once. So it goes up as you sort of get into relating. People become more interested in in orgasms for folks with vulvas, sadly. So uh, I think it really depends on the person that uh, how much they're enjoying it, how much in their head they are, um, what they need for arousal. Are we starting cold? Are we starting very warmed up? Does your partner know your body and know exactly what buttons to press? Um, some people can't relax and tip over if they're concentrating on pressuring their partner or if they're giving them a, themselves a hard time for coming too long. Uh, others might stop giving pleasure once they've had an orgasm. And really, if you're that person, do check in on how your partner's doing because it's kind of considered rude to come and then check out. Right. yeah <laughs> and if and for, for those because there are quite a few folks that like to you know strive for a simultaneous orgasm be really aware of each person's arousal process and how stimulating the position is for them because remember it's different strokes for different folks so don't set yourself a lofty goal without sort of checking with your partner how their body works what's going on for them how they're feeling today even compared to yesterday right all that stuff take the pressure off, it's going to make it a whole lot easier to tip right over and have some great times. Mm. We will be right back on Let's Talk About Sex with more about 69ing myths. <laughs> uh, 
tips, tricks, <laughs> and more. So don't go anywhere on FBI Radio. This is Mornings. My name is Maya Billick. I'm with Tanya Coons, and let's talk about sex. And this is Shah Simone with Back to Sender. This is a language warning. Shasamon with Back to Sender, and we are on Let's Talk About Sex. We've been talking about 69ing and more tips and tricks. But Tanya, I want to talk to you about one thing in particular. I feel like you can gain a pretty interesting perspective in that you have the opportunity to see a lot of things in the general uh, testicle and or perineum area yourself. But when you're down there? Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, you can. That's that's my sort of like, yes, tick. But I mean, <laughs> you can explore it other times other than 69 because, again, 69 tends to be a little bit more busy because there's coming and going going on there's giving and receiving but yes um this is uh one yeah i think if you're down at that part of your lover's body you can explore you can ask them what feels nice you can um feel free to stray from popular parts of the genitals and explore right so one good thing is the perineum that's a sensitive place for many people. It doesn't matter what your genital configuration is. So stimulation gently using a finger or a tongue can be very well received. Even gentle pressure in the area. For those people with penises that can sort of push on their prostate, which is kind of like the male G-spot. Uh, yeah, that, that sort of area. It's, an, it's another equivalent to a G-spot. Um, but try exploring the perineum. Try exploring um, people with penises' balls, right? You, they're, they're remarkably hardy. In some of the erotic massage courses I have undertaken, all in the spirit of learning, um, you can hold the balls really tight, like you're going to scrunch them up and wrap them up in plastic and pull the skin taut and uh, put your fingers over the top of them for interesting sensations, fingers, fingernails. Um, explore the anus. You can give a rosebud massage, which is just rubbing your finger gently around the outside of the anus. Um, one of the, the, the tips uh, I have for coaching people if they're ready for anything internal anally is to just, it's called the doorbell position. You just put your thumb on the outside of the anus. And when the person relaxes enough, the anus will actually suck your thumb in, right? So don't be forcing things in there. You need to be relaxed if you're going to play in that area. So it's a good time while you're down there doing other things. You can just pop your thumb there and see what happens. That's right? wild. It is wild. Um, you can also look at exploring sens sensitivities in people's inner thighs around the groin area. And if you're playing with somebody with a vulva, playing with labia and playing with genitals from a different angle can also be really, really engaging and exciting. So there's a lot of things you can do. Don't just stick to the routine. Have a little explore and an experiment while you're down there. Mm. Now, I polled a group of my friends who are all female identifying for their general opinions, thoughts, um, yeah. and their answers were, of course, pretty specific to cis-hetero configurations. And many of them said that they preferred the top position because giving head to a partner with a penis from below seemed a bit intimidating. What do you think about this, Tanya? That is a really, really good thing to bring up, I think. That, uh, I think what you're describing there is feeling like you've got more control, 
right? So uh, it can be a bit intimidating, but it's more like, oh my God, I'm underneath somebody. I feel like I'm getting a bit crushed. I can't breathe. And I don't have control over what's happening here. So I think people need to, they need to have a feeling of control over what's going into their mouth, how far it goes in, what's the pace of that activity. And sometimes if you're on the bottom, uh, the person with the penis can get a little bit enthusiastic and get a bit thrusty and not realize that you might be like, oh, okay, um, we've moved things around a bit. I now suddenly can't breathe very well, or I'm feeling like my gag reflex is coming up, or I'm just like over this. Right? Mm. So it's always a good idea before assuming any position to negotiate what works for you and what doesn't. Here's that talking thing again that we keep talking about. Um, but if you do find yourself underneath and you're not feeling too comfortable with the situation, you can put your hand around the penis, right? Uh, and that way it controls how much goes into your mouth. And you can squeeze or push back if things are getting out of control or not working for you, right? So it just gives you a little bit more control rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of constricted in a position that I, I'm not able to negotiate very well because it's pretty hard to talk when your mouth's full mm. as well. Now, what if your partner is a different height to you? Are you still able to enjoy 69ing? Uh, I think you can. I think it's possible to remember that some positions are not possible for everyone. So perhaps on the top, the top bottom model of 69 might not work. It may be better if you're side to side and the tallest person kind of bends to position their um, genital area face uh, in proximity to the, the shorter person. Yeah, so one might have quite a V shape in their body and the other one might be quite straight. Right. To allow access. Like a cute little triangle. Yeah, you need to be inventive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tanya, that brings us to the end of Let's Talk About Sex today. Thank you so much to you if you texted in, uh, for listening, Tanya, for your wealth of knowledge as always. You can listen back to today's show uh, at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on Mornings with Maya Bulik and you'll find Let's Talk About Sex right there or wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah. Tanya, you're a blast as always. Yeah. Thanks everybody for texting in and emailing in. It's really great when everybody comes in with their comments and their questions. Some great stuff today. 